0: Welcome back to Good Mom's Bad Choices. I'm Erica. And I'm Mila. Happy Wednesday. Hi. Happy Wednesday. Who's humping the night? Who's fucking? Hunk- is that a song? Who's humping the night? Who's no? No, I don't. No. Care. How- it- Who's fucking the night? No. Okay. okay. It is a song. That is a fucking song. What song is it? Who's fucking the night? Who's fish? <laughs> that is a song. What? Are you kidding? What is <laughs> it called again? Shazam. <laughs> hey, Erica, I don't think you have Shazam. I do. Okay. I'm gonna. I'm refused to... I think you're
1: wrong. She's uh-huh. literally- I know I... you
2: could Shazam yourself. No. No, you can't. That's it's why- Batman with...
1: Scoop. Be free oh. to cook a beef. Yeah, what the fuck? Uh, uh-uh. No, that beat was off.
0: Mm. Who's fucking the nut? Okay, you're right. Who fucking the next? Who's
1: okay. fucking the neck? Uh, 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 uh. Is it this one? Oh, yeah. If you got a bit, <laughs> out of the building. Put,
2: <laughs>
1: put your hands up. Don't
2: ever try. Single to, ladies. Don't ever try to play noise. me.
1: Make <laughs> noise. Wait. This is for you. Single ladies. Make
0: noise. <laughs> Damn, put me on blast. Oh, well.
1: Yes, yes, we do, guys. This is what we do every week, anyway. I'm single. Yes, I'm single. We are both single. Because we have to be a lot of the same person. Yep, even when we don't try to be. <laughs>
0: And you know what? If anything is ever going to go bad, I'm going to freak out in your life because I'm like, it's coming
1: for me. Right. Next. You're like, Oh no, wait, what do you Something's happened. <laughs>
0: no, not me next. Oh God. Just don't get pregnant, please. Meaning
1: I would get pregnant. Oh, next. I'm like, wait, don't put that on me, bitch. I'm like, wait, what are you talking about? Why did I have sex? No. <laughs> the morning after. Um, Erica's relationship has tragically come to an end. I wasn't don't be- <laughs> thrilled about it. Um, I think that's not your person. Obviously it's not. And I don't think he was a good person for you. And I was just not going to say anything until it was over until you came to your own conclusions. Cause I'm a real friend. But now that it's over, is that what a real friend is? <laughs> just doesn't tell your friend shit. What? I was just letting you, I was letting you go through the motions because I knew that it, you, it was going to come out anyway. I knew you're on your path to discovery. So I was like, no need to, to add my fucking psychic two cents. Okay, okay.
2: right,
1: But you, but first of all, bitch, you know me. You know how I felt. You, I didn't, you intentionally didn't ask me because you didn't want me to tell you. Okay, that might be true, <laughs> right? <laughs> you're like, you're like, oh, what do you think? You never said that one time. <laughs> the entire time, you're never like, what do you think? Because you were like, oh, <clears throat> what do I think? <laughs> you want to know what I think? <laughs> um, this is not funny, but we have to laugh at the pain. Uh, that's. That's what has has to happen. That's true. Um. Anyway, other than that, how was your weekend? It was good. What did I do? I
0: I went to Home Goods. I need to go to Home Goods. I again. need. At this point, they need to pay me because <laughs> the amount of advertising I do for them for free, I love it. I went to Home Goods. I've been on a Home Goods tour. I've literally been to maybe like five Home Goods really? in the last like seven days. I'm kind
1: of offended that i wasn't here you were gone
0: bitch so i went on my own and you know brought my favorite shopping friend with me sebastian who encourages all my bad choices and but actually they were great choices because if you saw when you walked in my home you saw that table there you saw my plant has a little like thing happening i got another yeah i'm just
1: so happy that you told me that because guess i'm calling tomorrow well
0: that one you guys if you're in the valley go to the home goods on devonshire and zelza that's the one also the one in ventura she said was good okay um also, home goods pay us.
1: How <laughs> was your weekend? <laughs> um, my weekend was good. I <laughs> I went on an internet date to Tennessee, and then we went on a road trip to Atlanta, and then I came back because I break up with people, and then I'm like, what can I do next? <laughs> <laughs> Which brings me to, we have a guest here. <laughs> um, we are joined today by Taylor Nolan of the Let's, Let's Talk About It podcast. Hi. Welcome. hey! Hi. So happy to be here. I'm so happy to have you. Um, Taylor is a psychotherapist and also a sexologist. Mm-hmm. Our favorite two things, sex and mental health. Oh, yeah. So, of course, we need help. <laughs> and she's just as
0: I don't give a fuck as us. Mm-hmm. and yes. transparent and I appreciate that but I'll probably be smarter because she's probably like l- read a lot of books to back up the things <laughs> the thing she says
1: <laughs> probably true we shouldn't really get to those only, books. Some.
2: <laughs> only some
1: only <laughs> some we just pretend to sound smart like I think that was in a book one time I didn't read it but it sounds like it should be good one. <laughs> I highlighted
2: it. I mean own it own it
1: <laughs> um so before we started I was kind of writing down some notes about the things that I needed to get off of my chest and mm-hmm. um as you all know listeners at home and Taylor I think we told you we were both begotten relationships during COVID um at the beginning of COVID uh mine's ended tragically at the end of August because I cheated um but also then like I like tried to beg for like two months and he allowed Mm -hmm. it and like that was not a good idea for obvious reasons Mm -hmm. Erica's has just come to an end and um one of the things I wanted to ask you yeah we don't have to jump right into this. I just want to put it out there so we don't forget it. <laughs> I don't think we're going to forget it. It's written down. Okay. So I only, have, I only have two notes. There's only two notes here. It says, Taylor, it says, ask her how not to hoe after a breakup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because I did go to Tennessee. And initially it was because I was mad with my ex that he was dating. And I was like, you know what? Really, nigga? I need to date too. Fuck you. Actually, I'm fine. So mm-hmm. I was like, I had been talking to a guy in my DMs who was a nice man, and then he was like, "You should like come to Tennessee." And then I was like, "Okay, sign me up." Mm-hmm. So I went to Tennessee, and I, we had a really good time. Mm-hmm. And I went, to, I saw some friends in Atlanta, um, but I I know myself really well, and I generally need supervision. And uh, <laughs> honestly, a lot of times, I the most of the times I've gotten in a relationship, it's because I need supervision because when I'm by myself, I'm likely to get in all types of shit. Like literally, if I don't talk to Erica for 48 hours, she's mm-hmm. like, what happened? I'm like, well,
2: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I went to Tennessee, I came back, I went to a casino game, yes. met, met four guys, we ended up in, we're in Hawaii, then we came back. Like, <laughs> honestly, there's no telling what happens when I'm alone. Then we had a fucking orgy and then yeah. I don't, know, <laughs> yeah. So I just, <clears throat> I'm now trying to be an adult about my sex drive. <laughs> Am I (laughs) single? Okay. So that's all. We don't have to get there right now, but just letting you know we needed to touch on that. Yeah.
0: I think, I mean, I think Taylor's podcast is called Let's Talk About It.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, I'm Uh, ready right now if you want (laughs) to go. I just want,
0: I have a side note, but what inspired you to start your podcast? Like, when, like, what brought you to the world of podcasting? Yeah.
2: That I talk too fucking much. And (laughs) well, you and Taylor are both cancers. You guys have, wait, when when is your birthday actually? July 10th. All right, I'm June twenty second. Oh yes. Oh my god, that's my boyfriend. Yeah.
0: Oh god it's, it's, god, it's weird to say that. Wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs>
2: remember him, remember yeah. how weird it was to say boyfriend? how
1: weird it was to say boyfriend? Oh God. Yeah. And now it's ex-boyfriend. Oh, I
2: know.
1: <gasps> anyway, I anyway. feel it.
2: It's okay. Let it just flow right through. You need to cry. You can just cry on
0: my shoulder. Cried, okay. I already cried. I cried. Uh, I mean, I'll probably cry again. But you know, you never know. Maybe I'll cry later in this episode. We'll find out. You have to stay tuned to find out. How I
2: cry. <laughs> If I have tears. <laughs> I feel like I cry every other day. So it's totally okay. Yeah. Yeah. I basically started podcasting because I was like, I'm talking about these things on Instagram, but I can't be out here having like a thousand Instagram stories because that's just fucking obnoxious. And I feel like there were so many things I wanted to go in deeper on. Like I didn't want to just put it in a caption, you know, I wanted to introduce my audience to more people and have those deeper conversations. And I also wanted it to be a way for my audience to get to know me a little bit better coming off of the show. You know, things are edited. People don't get to see a full picture on Instagram. You get to see a little bit more of a picture and podcasting allowed me to talk shit out (laughs) and (laughs) go into things deeper and for people to be able to get to know me in a little bit more of a authentic light. So that's Kind yeah, of how I, would, uh, I got there. I would imagine that
0: for for those of you who are listening and don't know, Taylor was on The Bachelor, and she was also on Bachelor in Paradise. And you actually won Bachelor in Paradise, right? No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was in,
1: sure. I was
2: engaged. Yeah, from, but does that mean you won? I don't know. Great. Right. Does you that
1: mean, does that mean you won? Is that the whole point at the end? You get engaged to the guy? Okay, I'm maybe sure. it's not a winning. Yeah. Okay, maybe not the right. In the term. in the term in the context of no, yeah. Yeah, like in okay. like the traditional sense of the no, show. It's a yeah,
0: terrible like, like way because it's like a woman winning. winning yeah. And it's just it's
1: yeah.
2: It was like I didn't want it, so like that wasn't really a win either. Like <laughs> it was a lot, right? But I would imagine like you, you, you gain
0: a following of people, and they think they know you, and they yeah. think they know all these things about you, and then that you come out and like you're very open about, um, you know exploring polyamory and mm-hmm. open relationships and I think especially as a black woman like that can be very jarring for that audience that is generally white oh, yeah. I mean I think there's probably a, a demographic of black people or brown people that watch The Bachelor um, yeah yeah but to see that as a black I'm wondering like just uh, we're gonna get to your question but I'm just curious yeah we're gonna get to Jamila's honus but just curious <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like do you find that there was a like A lot of judgment of you because of that, that maybe, maybe wouldn't have come had it been like, you know, not a white bachelor. Yeah. Yeah. And openly talking
2: about her sexuality and the exploration of it and feeling empowered by it. Absolutely. Um, so I'm not sure how familiar listeners or y'all are on my experience on the show. Um, on bachelor, I was basically, you know, I was left on a two-on-one and I was basically in conflict against this, the epitome of white privilege. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, you know, as this white woman, 24 years old with a nanny could do no harm. Um, you know, she, she, Took her top off on the first group day, and that was very empowering. And people were like Mm. cheering her on on that. Um, she was rewarded at every stage of expressing her sexuality with putting whipped cream all over her tits. Um, you know, that was for, for him to lick off. Like those things were all praised. And I didn't really show or express my sexuality while on the show, but afterwards I did. And was definitely met with such different (laughs) praise and judgment than what she was. And even Mm -hmm. on the show, right, her her behaviors were judged in a very different level than what mine were judged, being a young therapist who was a woman who was also black, Mm -hmm. um, that I definitely was held to such a different standard. Um, so being open about sexuality has been a slower process, um, as I become more and more distant from the show like right off the bat I wasn't um but I think as I've given less and less fucks about what people think about me and trying to cater to this very white cookie cutter fairy tale story that my audience has unfortunately bought into I've lost a lot of people along the way I've gained a lot of hatred. I've experienced a lot of bullying, uh, (laughs) excessive racism, um, and have also in that gained new people who really fuck with my shit. Mm -hmm. And that feels like so freeing that I'm like, thank finally, like finally, there's some fucking people here who really fuck with my shit and like allow, me to just exist in my being when I'm wrong, when I'm right, when I'm being sexy, when I'm being moody, when I'm crying, when I'm like (laughs) all the things. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think definitely the, the, I mean, it's in our, the the show mirrors our culture in so many ways. It's Mm. kind of mind blowing. I never thought about
1: it that way. It's it's a microcosm of like the reality of the world we live in.
2: Totally is, and on my season was li- literally right before the twenty sixteen election, um, where they had you know this person that I was against essentially saying word for word, uh, no votes for Taylor, make America insert her name again. Um, so like whoa, literally whoa, the show whoa. is a microcosm. Whoa,
1: <laughs> yeah, damn, what the fuck? And they released this. Isn't this like on a ma- major network,
0: ABC. I mean, to, to be yeah. honest, like I've never really watched, I've never really watched The Bachelor. I've never, it's never been like, felt like something that I was more, I, I was watching Love and Hip Hop.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was too busy watching I hate my people deteriorate before <laughs> my eyes. Being exploited on, on, I on VH1. <laughs> I, I went for a different style of exploitation. It's not. I was <laughs> really in for
2: the like exploitation of my own people exploiting ourselves. Yes. Um, versus, <laughs> versus other way Versus like old, very rich white men who give zero shit about women and are misogynistic and racist. Yeah, yeah. I watched uh-huh. one I watched the one season with the black girl. Rachel. Yeah. Rachel. She was on my season and then went on. Oh, and season. then and then then she was the Bachelor. actual bachelorette,
1: right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um I only did that because my the friend I was chilling with in New York at the time, like was like a TV head and like I didn't have a choice. And I was like, This is very white. And she's like, This is the first black bachelorette.
2: I was like, Okay, I guess we'll watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, it still seems yeah. so white. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're but, they're making some steps. They're not necessarily the steps that like i would prefer (laughs) but i'm like i do think that they see like the people that are like producers and shit on the show like they do give a shit and they aren't necessarily in alignment with that thinking but they also have been pretty blind to their own privilege and are now becoming aware of all of that so i think hopefully it's headed in the right direction season 478 (laughs) we're gonna
1: we're gonna implement some others (laughs) oh my god yeah basically. <laughs> um that's that's interesting. And like you were probably really young when you did that. And I had
2: just turned twenty
1: three. yeah, you're super young. and then, like, you're right. I, I think as black women, we kind of know that we have there's different levels of freedom that we can we can mm-hmm. like live publicly yeah. just because we are aware of it because since we're since birth.
2: Mm-hmm. But like
1: when you were put on a platform like that, in pu- like on TV in public, where I'm sure there's no other black people on th- that season, <laughs> not for very there were, long. My
2: season was the most diverse season that they had. And how many black people? Were there were like three.
0: That sounds yeah. like a good number.
2: That sounds like that sounds like we're getting crazy. <laughs> that over sounds here. like a network number it's diversity three. Yeah, yeah, and it was still that like unfortunate. Um, you know, like there can only be one. You know, like Rachel was the one, right? Like right. everyone else kind of got the shit end of the stick there. Um, so yeah, it it, it in so many ways mirrors our culture is kind of mind blowing. Do
0: you think that? Do you think that because you're bi biracial or mixed or I don't know how you how you identify, you know? Um, but do you think because of that, um, like People thought like, oh, well, she like there's three there's black people and then there's she's kind of like kind of can play both sides, Mm -hmm. you know, and like,
2: yeah, well, I think I think the white people that watch the show who like to think of themselves as woke and not racist feel more comfortable still holding me to those unrealistic damaging stereotypes that they hold black women to but feel more comfortable being vocal about it and like attacking me on it because i appear less intimidating to them than because a, i am than a dark skinned
0: black woman or something
2: exactly yeah mm. so i think i think also on the show too i was so young and i was so like I was so patient and I was giving this white girl so much more than she fucking deserved out of me. I gave her so much of my patience and my space way more. Like, I'm like, if I had been in that situation today, I would be like, "Mm -mm, you need to stop talking right now. Like, (laughs) no, no, this is too much. I'm not fucking taking this. Um, But I think I did allow myself to be bulldozed in that situation. And I think being, I mean, you kind of asked like how I identify and, it's, it's so confusing for me sometimes. Sometimes I feel like, yeah, I am black and yeah, I am a black woman. And other times it's like, yeah. Okay. Yes. I am black. And other times it's okay. I know. No, I I'm white. I'm basically white. Yeah. (laughs) Basically white. Okay. Yeah. And, and then other times it's like, I'm white. I'm white. Yeah. (laughs) I'm white. (laughs) and and in a situation like that that I was on on the show it felt very much like again you kind of realize it when you're in it that it's like this is so much bigger than you and these are like social dynamics playing out like exaggerated because it's so intense that it was like I felt like I was in fucking middle school again like being told to go pick cotton even though she wasn't saying those things but of like being seen as as less than and not specifically to my face because of my color but would still felt like there were these weird racial undertones of shit happening um that a lot of which didn't necessarily come to light on camera but they did let that maga paraphrasing out that i think to me was very telling um of what the dynamic was between the two of us mm. um I forget what the question was and I just said a lot, but that's- (laughs) No,
0: no, that answers it. That answers it. I I posted something on our page about, uh, oh, Kamala. No, was it Kamala? Yeah, I posted something about Kamala, her being like the first, you know, Black vice president, the first Indian vice president, the first um, female, the first, all these different firsts or whatever. And someone came on the page and was like, I really need you to stop saying that she's Black. Like, she's- she I really need you to stop saying she's black, and I was like, she, they were like, she doesn't even identify as black, and I was like, okay, um, isn't her dad from Jamaica? Yeah, I'm pretty sure she's black. I, no, I think I think but it, she's like the he said the one drop rule doesn't count, and I was like, well, what the fuck do you think but I? But it am?
2: counts in it counts in the other direction though, right? Like she
0: doesn't get to navigate through life as a white woman. Well, I I, I, yeah. I think like I, she's not white, and like also like that's one big ass
1: drop. that's half that's half that's that's half a drop that's a big ass drop that's half the whole mix I I think that I think initially I am not a politics person so don't fucking she didn't she didn't claim that she was black publicly she didn't so that I had an issue with that I'm like bitch don't be acting don't be doing all these head shaking neck moves now that you want the black vote I'm not with the shits and I see very much about like advertisement that person was coming for Erica and he or that I don't know it was like a it was like a non-profile of course talking shit
2: yeah but always
1: I I it does like if you're black be black you know and just say you're black but like don't try to be black when it when it, you think it matters when
2: it, yeah. it benefits
1: you see I think that's like such a hard
2: I think like, it's
0: hard too like I, I just want to say too that like I don't know Kamala at all and I'm not gonna make this up about fucking me, Kamala me or pol- we're not talking about politics on this episode guys don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> We <laughs> can't, we don't have the wherewithal. However, I'm curious to know how empowered she's ever felt to be black, you know, yeah. especially mm. in the spaces that she's had to rise to power in, mm-hmm. you know, like, was she allowed to say that and get to where she's at, you know, like, and these yeah. neck moves you talk about, like, are we sure they didn't exist before this? Like, I'm just saying, mm-hmm. like, it's easy for us as black people to judge one another, one, each other when where we're on our journey in the spectrum of accepting our blackness like
1: is different
0: you know yeah. and like
1: oh uh, and- i i think for me because i am black and black it's not, I don't, I don't have a journey of accept. I mean, I guess everyone has a journey of accepting their blackness because let's be honest, like, especially growing up in like not, non-black spaces, it mm-hmm. is a journey of accepting it because before, even before you really realize the, what that means, somebody will tell you you're black. I was told, I, yeah. I, 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 it was made aware to me that I was different. I mean, obviously we know we're different, but like someone's like, you're black. And I was like, wait, what does that mean? Yeah. So I guess, and- I guess there is a spectrum of acceptance. <laughs> I think but, what when- but I get, but I get, I get like, what I think it is, is like, I don't, For me, I don't have an option. No, you don't. To be like, "Ah." and I hate that. Like, what if I was like, actually, I'm not black. But babe, that's not my fault. No, I'm not. But you know what I'm saying? But I'm saying like, as as, as
0: biracial people and light-skinned people, like, Of course you don't have an option, but like, we've been told so many things about what we are and what we aren't, that it can be so confusing Confusing. and you don't know what to say sometimes. Right. I can understand. Yeah.
2: I did, I did a whole like podcast series on let's talk about it, about being biracial. Like it was four episodes with almost every contestant from the show who was Mm. half black, half white. Uh, because I was like, there's so much to unpack here. And we're also like in the middle of like an uprising and like, how are you feeling sitting in your race today? Um, and I think that it's a, it's so tough because I bet you that Kamala has had those head rolls and had those, you know, spaces where she's felt comfortable to express mm. her blackness in that way. And then others where she would have maybe felt like she would have been the outcast or that she would have been judged or that she, had to like silence herself and make herself smaller or that she would have been, you know, receiving comments like what that person commented on the Instagram of like, she's never identified as black. She doesn't get to do this right now where then it's like, oh, okay, sorry, never mind. Yep. I am white. Okay. I'm going to sit back and, and nope. Okay. And it feels like a really tight, tight string to walk on of like holding these two, opposite experiences of like hella white privilege and um, experiencing hella whiteness and then also being like, well, I am also this. I didn't grow up with any of this, but parts of this have felt so in my being and in my personality. And as I step into it more and more feels like, holy shit, I'm seeing like, oh my God, I feel so much freer within myself that I'm not like look back at old pictures of myself. Oh my God. I am like, you poor girl. Like you didn't, all you knew was like your white blonde mom and dressing in like the preppiest of preppy clothing that I'm like, dear Lord, that is hideous with my straight (laughs) hair and my blonde highlights. And like, if if you were to put me in that position today, I would feel so uncomfortable, but it was like What I felt was safe and what I felt was like my family at the same time, you know, fitting in with with my family and then also trying to talk about black issues and go through that weird privilege of a racial identity of like, am I black? Am I white? Where do I fit in? Um, It's. It's hard because it's like you just wanna be accepted. And Rob, who's like I call him like my chosen father, he's black. Um, he was dating sorry, he was best friends with the guy that my mom was dating. Um, and so he basically like babysat me when they would fuck and do whatever. Mm-hmm. And um <laughs> he was like, you know, holy shit, she's living down here in South Jersey with all these white people. Like, she's gonna need someone because she's just gonna fuck her up later in life. And so he like, after that guy, who's a shithead, broke up with my mom. Um, Rob like stayed in my life and has been so crucial to that experience. And when we talk about this and he's like, Taylor, you're a black woman. And I'm like, okay, I am a black woman, but like other people are going to see me as white. And then am I being rude now to darker skin, black women by being like, yeah, I'm a black woman when I damn sure as well know that I carry a different p- privilege and don't have the same experience that they do as darker skinned black women that now I'm like, here I am. I'm black. Like, I don't want to fucking roll in like that. Mm-hmm. And like, say some offensive shit. And so it's like really hard. I don't know. I know I've gone off like a rant on this, but no, no, no. Um, I don't know.
1: You know, and what I think is really important, like, important about this conversation that we're all having as our in our different experiences and different places. And like, I think the bottom line is, and this is crazy, is like, at, at every point, because we, this is like where we, this, this is the world we live in, let's be real. And yeah. being any capacity of any minority, any black or brown or non-white, you kind of learn to like assimilate, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I'm not like, I mentioned the head rolling thing. This is just me personally having my own, my own yeah. noticings because I know like people are trained a certain way to deliver speeches a certain way, to be relatable. Like these are things that I'm aware of because that's fucking marketing. And I'm not saying maybe she did. Maybe you're absolutely right. She didn't feel comfortable. But even for me, how we talk—if we're—if we're we're walking down, like if I'm if I'm on rodeo with, let me say, like a cousin who I feel like is maybe like more hood or more ghetto, in my opinion—and we walk into a store with a bunch of fucking preppy ass white people working there—and my said cousin or person I'm with does something that to me seems very black, or not classy, but but let's be real. What is it like less white? Then I'm going to cringe. And just like if I'm in a certain space with my white ass friends and a white ass situation, I'm going to be like, talk a certain way, or I'm going to present a certain way because I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable. And I want to make you feel like I'm equally as educated. And like, I'm equally as like,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: I don't know, like, I can, yeah. I can, you know what I mean? Like, and I've, and whether this chameleon, it's, yes. And it's like, whether or not yeah. we want to acknowledge it, we all do it. It's like your, your, your regular voice and your interview voice. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to talk to, you know, go into a certain space, into a certain office and like, maybe talk to Eri- like whomever, how I talk to Erica. And, yeah. and I've, I had to, I've, I've had to check myself with that. I went to school in Atlanta and I was like, I would hear people talking and it was just be country twang. And I'm like, oh, that's, I sound stupid. They're not stupid that was just my, my programming being in this very white ass space, thinking like being loud or being like certain way, or like, even, you know, growing up, you always want your hair fucking straight because you think that, you know, whatever you feel better because all your friends hair fucking is straight, you know? So it's just like, no matter how dark skin or light skin or mixed, you know, like there's always this assimilation process that you have to Mm -hmm. kind of figure out. And, just like you said, you're on the show and you're like this bitch get away with all these. I don't know if she's your friend now, not bitch, whatever no. this woman get a <laughs> get away with all these, these mm-hmm. like, obviously like comments that you're you, Taylor now would be like, who the fuck are you talking to? Mm-hmm. Even for me, like I, I've, I've come, we all like have to go on a journey as black women and be like, you know, to re- recognize the programming that we've been, we've, we've been given and, and how much we've put ourselves in a box to be acceptable to white people. Because that's, that's really what it is.
0: And that we deserve to be here. Yeah, we deserve to be here. Yeah. I'm,
1: I'm deserving. I can talk like you. I can and do that, this. And I
0: mean, because then that's a big part of it for me is feeling like I deserve to, to, to be, to be here. here. Like I deserve yeah. to be respected as a Black woman. Because people always, as a light skin, oh, you act light skin. Oh, you light skin. Oh, you don't get it. You light skin. This, this. Mm. And I'm like, maybe I don't get it. Like maybe I'm not am I not yeah. like I don't am I like, acting nice. like skin I'm like I just, that mean? I just feel so much like you yeah. said I feel so much better over here though like why mm-hmm. won't you just accept me as like you because I'm fucking fuck with you I don't really fuck with these motherfuckers over here <laughs> yeah. I- <laughs> yeah
2: no yeah and then my- it's like
0: it's this weird rejection and you're just like caught in the middle you're like
1: oh yeah. my
2: god am I an oreo oh, god. <laughs> like yeah <laughs> yeah yeah my so my da- my dad has 11 children with different women <coughs>
0: You guys, it's the holidays. Yep, they rolled up on us real, real quick. But you know what? I love this time of year because I love gifting my friends and family small, practical gifts. And I have the perfect, practical, small gift for you. It's by Lone Body, and it's a natural deodorant that actually works. Like for real, y'all. Because I don't know if y'all heard me talk about my uh, natural deodorant journey, but it's been rough. And Some work for a little while, some just don't work at all. Lone Body is the only natural deodorant that works for me. I don't know about anybody else, but I be smelling, okay? And I need something that really actually helps me not perspire, helps me smell fresh. My favorite one from Lone is the natural deodorant in Cream Mint. And not only that, Irie loves it. Jamila swears it's like aromatherapy, so whenever she gets stressed out, she smells her armpits and... Voila, she's calm. I don't know about all that, but hey, try it. (laughs) But Lone has so many other amazing, all natural products. Their Warm Chai Lip Balm. I love that one. I also love the Vanilla Sugar Polish Lip Scrub. So you put it on your lips, gives you a little scrub dub dub We all know around this time, our lips get very, very chapped this lip scrub is the bomb but anyway you guys today loan is giving our listeners 25% off their entire line their products are already super affordable so this is an actual steal you guys so make sure you check out loan deodorant.com that's l-o-n-e deodorant.com and use gmbc first 25 at checkout you can spell that whole thing out, GMBCFIRST25 at checkout for twenty five percent off your purchases. Happy holidays! You shall be musty no more. You're welcome.
2: So I got is reconnected. He? Oh yeah, got reconnected <laughs> with one of my siblings when I was an undergrad, and I'm the only one of the siblings that is not monoracial black. And uh, wait, my Monoracial black monoracial like, like monoracial. Oh, oh oh I've never heard of monoracial
1: I'm I, yeah. I get Wait, it now monoracial it was like fully black fully black or fully, fully black. one thing fully one yeah. thing monoracial
2: yeah um a term that uh these two women that run uh this Instagram account mixed in America mm-hmm. uh they're half black half white as well and they like they they were really great they came on that biracial series um and yeah they referred to it as monoracial and i was like yeah that makes sense to me um so now I use that I'll be like mixed race or monoracial um but for her for my sister when she would come over and you know spend time with me and we were trying to build a relationship her nickname for me was whitey where she would just consistently just be like yo whitey and I was like you've got like are you serious like And it did feel like this sense of like major rejection as well, because that was like that side of my family that I didn't necessarily get to bond with or experience those things with. And I think you're so right when you talk about, you know, understanding that all of this even exists because of whiteness, because of white supremacy. There is even this um, rejection or acceptance of folks who are mixed or biracial, um, and it's like, it's so hard to sit in. It's like, well, I didn't ask for this. Like, this is just like the position I'm in. And then white people want to like throw it in your face too and be like, well, you're white too. So like, don't forget that. And it's like, what the fuck are you talking what? <laughs> what? Don't forget your whiteness. Don't forget it. Yeah. Like, oh, what? I can't advocate for like black issues or black people because I'm also white. Or like, you're not really black, black, Taylor. You're not black, black. You're just, mm. you
1: can be offended, but you're like, not, you're not that kind of black. You're, yeah. Like what kind of black are yeah. we talking? Like, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, the ghetto yeah. kind. I mean, even, even being around white ass people in the Valley, I've heard that like, you're, you know, you're different.
2: No, bitch, I'm black. <laughs> Well, and it's also like, okay, well then what is your definition of blackness then? Right, like how you right. perceiving what blackness and what whiteness is? Being classy, that's white. Right. And then I think that was, that's what irritates me about like when like
1: I feel like people are trying to do the black vote thing, even like Hillary with the hot sauce in her purse. For me, it's not that you're doing this. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's not that you're doing this if that's what comes naturally to you. What What bothers yeah. me is, do are you like just like all this, all this fucking, what do they call it? Black fishing. What oh, you? black fishing. Black fishing with mm-hmm. the, the, the like the baby hairs and the lips and the nails. Yeah. and the all of this and the niggas and that and like here's the thing like what I won't allow is that you think that this is what blackness is and so this is you doing that thinking that that makes you more black and that's there's so there's so many types of black people just mm-hmm. like there's so many types of white people there's ghetto ass nigga white people everywhere yeah. okay yeah. everywhere you know what I'm saying and just like that's, that's where I just, I get, it gets like, yeah. Yeah. You
2: know. There was, I was I did an interview like middle COVID. I don't even remember what month. Cause it's just all a blur. Um, and before I came on the show, she was interviewing someone else. Um, and one of the, like was asking <laughs> People for questions. And that guest submitted a question and was like, who the fuck is Taylor Nolan? Um, and she was like, Oh, so I guess you like you don't pay attention to like who influential black women are. And I watched it and I was like, wow, she referred me as black woman who and like this woman is black, um, Zeewee. And I then going on the show, I was so nervous and she was asking me about blackness and I felt really insecure about like owning or expressing my blackness. And she'd asked me a question of like. Uh, which I guess she asked like all of her guests, but uh, if I would pay reparations and I was like, if you would pay them,
0: you would pay them or or if you want them.
2: them. Yeah. If I support reparations and if I would pay reparations. And so then for people to like leave their Venmo's so that I would pay them reparations and you're going to pay them personally. Yeah. And so, and so this is like something that she does with like her previous guest as well. So I'm like, okay, but he was a white guy. Um, And so then afterwards I kind of like talked to her about it. And I was like, If I was like a darker skinned black woman, would you have asked me if I would pay reparations to like the black listeners and and I was like you know I don't know does that not like invalidate my blackness as a whole then that I would be asked to like pay reparations and then it was like this conversation of you know oh well thinking reparations from like a classism perspective or something and I was like historically
1: reparations are not classism it's race it's racial
0: that was that was not fair
1: of her at all I didn't I didn't even understand that question. She was trying to
0: backstep. That's what that was.
2: Yeah. So it's like little things like that, that happen. where then I'm like, Oh, I was just a black woman when you were in inter- interviewing him. And now I'm a white girl who's going to pay reparation. Like it was just such this like flip a switch thing. And afterwards, when I talked to her about it, you know, I was like, yeah, like I appreciate this conversation and like, there's definitely like layers to this, but I was also kind of like, I don't know that kind of like rubbed me the wrong way. And like, no, I wouldn't pay reparations because i did, did, did you
1: Did you say that while you guys were recording
2: still? No, because I was already in this place of like, oh, I'm I'm nervous. And now right. I'm like, yeah, okay. I'm like talking to a darker skinned black woman now who was asking me about, I think she asked me how I identified. And instead of saying, well, I'm a black woman, how she had just referred to me. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm biracial. I'm, I'm a black woman. I'm, I'm biracial. Um, and I think this is part of what me and Rob talk about where he's like, You don't even have to say you're biracial because when you say that to black people, it's like you're embarrassed or ashamed of your blackness and you're not owning your blackness. And I said, well, I can totally see that. But then I worry if I'm like, yeah, I'm a black woman that then someone else can be like, but you are not a black woman.
0: You have to that. You have to answer to that too. So it's like, where do you? How do you
1: appease both sides? Yeah. The, the, answer is, ha- the, answer is,
0: the answer is You won't.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. You're gonna I mean, and it, and it's so languagey. It's always. It's just really. It comes down yeah. to like labels. And like we, me and Erica, talk about shit like this all the time because obviously, like. I'm mono raised, which, which even that, even, the, even, <laughs> even that is so stupid. Like I, I I always used to tell her like saying mixed irritates me. Like my, I hate hashtag mixed kids. I fucking hate it. I don't care well, what anybody like thinks. that's like usually a fetish. fetish yeah. Heart. I'm just like, I can't they're, say word. they're fucking kids. Um, I just, you know, and I'm, and it's not to discredit anybody's anything, but like I think, and I, and I said this, we had a, we had a conversation on Patreon uh, when all this shit was happening about like parenting mixed children mm-hmm. and like, you know, cause like, here's the truth. Like you were raised by a white woman. She's not going to understand like what you experience and how can she, how can she, you know what I mean? And like, and it's okay for it to be like, I'm going through this journey because I, my family that I grew up with was primarily white. You know what I mean? Um, but fuck I'm not even high and I forgot I was going to say oh the thing about the mono race and like the mixed and like the labels it's just like I I think it can be a trigger and I I told Eric I had an epiphany and I was like I think it's kind of a trigger because as a black woman first of all black people are mixed with everything because of slavery Mm -hmm. called rape (laughs) yep you know and so like and I think within the black community um for like for, for in the black community there's this thing that we do and we're like Um, oh, I'm Puerto Rican and Black and Native American. And like, it's like trying to be mixed, like when it's like, everybody's it's you don't it's we're not a cake we don't have to like go down but on the other hand it's like you're you're mexican-american you're black and like no one should be able to take any of those away from you you're all of this, those those mm-hmm. things and yeah. i realized that some, like some of my angst was coming from like maybe not really knowing specifically who, where i come from and like mm-hmm. my white friends being like european russian yeah. um israeli jewish 25 percent mm-hmm. polish i'm like shut the fuck up you're white <laughs> yeah you're white i'm black let's keep it moving you know what i mean like so maybe that, that was my own insecurities and my that my own triggers, because I, 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 I'm, I should probably get the DNA shit, but like, I don't know, at the end of the day, I guess we're all just people and all try to navigate and like figure who the mm-hmm. fuck we are as, as people. And then when you add race and labels to it, it just, it really does complicate shit. And if we're black, Let's all be Which, black and love each other. That's it. They're all against us. And my whole thing yeah. is if you go into an interview, some you, me, her, somebody might be like, look at that black girl. And so because of that, let's just at least have unity yeah. here and like mm-hmm. like let's not forget that. I agree. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Um so
2: y- Taylor. You look like you're processing over there. I
0: am. I'm processing a lot. I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about what we're talking about. I'm thinking about these questions that I'm getting on Instagram because I asked our, our audience, like we're going to, we're interviewing um, mm-hmm. a sexologist and therapist. And I have some very interesting, que- I got, I, you were having, you were saying something really serious. And I looked down and saw one of the questions and I started laughing and I was like, oh my God, please don't think I'm laughing at you. I'm laughing at this question wait what was it wait, oh, why it was, is this not working the question was which you don't have to answer but just so you guys know someone
1: asked about how Oh my god, I just got my new package from Joy Spring Vitamins for Luna, and I'm so excited. You know, I hate giving Luna medicine, and I'm all about all-natural supplements, so I got the new Elderberry and Vitamin C supplements for Luna to combat her for flu and cold season, just so her immune system's up to par.
0: Oh my god, I love the zinc berry droplets, because Irie actually really loves how they taste. That's why I love Joy Spring Vitamins, because the kids love them, they have protein powder. Immune support, sleep support, which we all know our kids need sleep support. And They're all really healthy. They're sugar-free, like you said, gluten-free. And it's just the perfect protection for your kids during cold season, flu season. And they have all these new releases. So make sure you check out their website. And I'm telling you guys, they have so many great products on there. If you use Good Moms at checkout, our listeners receive 20% off their entire product line. That's joyspringvitamins.com, joyspringvitamins.com. And use Good Moms at checkout for 20% off. But I yeah. want to go back because you are, because you do have so much, you offer so much insight on on um, your Instagram and on your podcast, and you are a pro and you're smart and you went to college, you have a master's and hey. shit. We Hit don't. My PhD <laughs> right now. Ooh, hey. Hey. Black girl magic. Educated black woman. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thank you. I do have some questions here, but first, Jamila had a
1: question early on in the podcast. Yeah. I think we should circle back real quick. We can go to these questions first. It's not, it's not, it's not, or like, it's not. Are you sure? It's not an emergency. How I should not hoe after my breakup is not like super high ranking on the list. So we can just. But <laughs> I feel like that's the daily, like that's, that's been the theme of uh, my life. Like how do I manage? Not- I mean being super promiscuous and being, being a respectable woman. So I'd like to have sex, but also relax.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I don't a hundred percent think that hoeing it up after a breakup is a bad thing or is something that you quote shouldn't be doing. If that feels like something that you want to do and that's enjoyable for you, there's no shame in that. And similar to kind of what we talked about when y'all were on my podcast about, um, you know, When you get out of a breakup and you're on dating apps again, and that being a little bit of an ego boost, sometimes that's what you need in that moment. And you might need to get off with someone else. You might need to get off with a stranger. Um, You know, I don't think that, like, I I think I would maybe have more questions around what is it specifically around hoeing it up after a breakup that you want to manage? What parts of that are actually feeling uncomfortable for you?
1: Um. None at the moment, honestly. (laughs) Everything's going fine over here. I was just making sure I just don't get too, I don't go too crazy, but I think it's just like a personal thing. I think people will tell you casual Mm -hmm. sex as a woman is just like unacceptable. And um well, I think we've talked about too is like
0: checking your trauma, checking not your trauma, but our trauma in general and like checking into making sure that you're not validating yourself mm-hmm. with sex and oh, you're actually yeah. want are enjoying the yeah. sex and it's fulfilling and it's not filling a void that yeah. you're missing. And obviously filling the void that the person that you're missing is one thing, but mm-hmm. like filling the void of other things, that's a whole other conversation. And like
2: Yeah. I if it know. feels if it feels afterwards like it's more damaging to your mental and emotional peace and well-being then yeah maybe reel it in a little bit and one thing I'm like really passionate about is like having very intentional sex Mm -hmm. so that might be like I'm just getting out of a breakup. I really just miss being fucking cuddled. And, you know, I just want someone to ravage me and I want to lose it for a little bit. I want to zone out and not have to think about this pain. And I want to feel that physical affection and that comfort. And then you find that person, you reach out to that person, whatever the case is. Before you go into that, like sexual experience with that person, you communicate that. You're like, yeah, I just got out of this. And like, this is what I need out of this. Does that work for you? Yeah. Like, what are your needs going into this like do you do you need me to hold you like do you want me to piece out of here afterwards like what are we feeling um and I think if you're able to kind of have those conversations and really express what it is you're hoping to get out of that sexual experience that's the way to go about it a little bit more intentional to make sure that you're not like fucking yourself over by fucking someone else
1: right no i I, I agree I, I I totally agree with that and um I feel like I still I st- I'm still in control. Um, I, and I you know what I saw. I saw you post something that said um, "sex, a sexcation,
2: sexcations." Yeah. Um, I felt like that was my sexcation.
1: My, my trip to Tennessee <laughs> was like a very mature sexcation, and like it wasn't. It wasn't transactional. It really wasn't. But I feel like we were very clear about. The terms of the trip yeah and so like when we got there it wasn't it wasn't strange at all and I, I and I and I appreciate you saying that because I do feel I am in a place like as as a woman I'm f- like finally at 32 I I feel good about being honest about my intentions like look I don't really have time for a relationship mm-hmm. here that's not my intentions here I have a lot of important things I should focus on and I don't yeah. want to be distracted from those things like do I care about you Are we friends? you know obviously for having sex we're probably more than friends but mm-hmm. or not yeah. yeah or not but like yeah because I do th- I, I, I all every guy I've ever met is like you can't have sex with your friends I beg to for whatever um <laughs>
0: um but it just gets complicated when you can have a boyfriend yeah like, they're and like and those yeah friends are still <laughs> your <laughs> friends <laughs> I'm like <laughs> boundaries you know? boundaries are boundaries boundaries yeah. I think that's what it is is boundaries I think yeah. all of it is about knowing your boundaries yeah. and sticking to them
2: Yeah. And checking those stereotypes and those cultural norms that maybe you are using against yourself. Like maybe there is a piece of you that is shaming yourself of feeling like, eh, like being a single mom, being someone who's recently single and being really irresponsible right now by fucking my feelings out with this stranger. When really it's like, well, where does that shame even come from then? Like who's telling you that that's not something that you're allowed to do or that could be helpful or could be healing for you like that's a lot of sex negativity that's patriarchy right yeah. there that's sexism right there um so I think it's important to ask ourselves like when that shame does come in or when we're like this isn't a good thing like well why isn't this good that I'm doing it oh because of patriarchy and, oh, and- oh right because I've been told that
1: I'm not supposed <laughs> to do that and if I do it I'm I'm a bad girl yeah, yeah exactly yeah
2: yeah
0: So I have a question here. I think it's actually an interesting question Um, because it's hard sometimes, I guess, I don't know. Like, I I guess I think like when people talk about like sex addiction or being like a nympho, like,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I don't know. Like, I don't know how people gauge these things. Right, right. Like
1: who who makes the, who makes the standards? Where does it cross over? So someone
0: asked, um, is there such thing as too much sex? What does an actual nympho look like?
1: It's a great question.
2: Yeah. So. First off, I'll touch on sex addiction briefly. Um, this is a very controversial subject. There are some sex therapists and sexologists who – are very adamant that sex addiction is a very real thing and that we need to treat it. And there are other folks who say that this is not a thing and this is just perpetuating sex negativity. Um, and that certainly we want to you know, make sure that people are having consensual, um, enjoyable sex. But sex addiction is not a thing. So the way that I operate on this as a professional and as a person here is look to the science and the research. Um, So ASECT is like the hierarchy, the highest of highest of uh, sex certification for sex therapists, educators, and counselors. And they essentially say that there's no research to support sex addiction being Hmm. a thing. Wow. There's literally no research on this. Um, and that there's no real definition of what sex addiction is. Um, One of uh, my supervisor actually in my PhD program for clinical sexology, um, it's at Modern Sex Therapy Institute. And Dr. Joe Court has written a lot about sex addiction. He used to be a sex addiction. Uh, He used to be trained in in the treatment for it. And now he's like, this isn't a thing. Uh, Dr. Chris Donahue also does a lot of great work um, around this. And we did a IGTV live on my Instagram about how like it's not a thing. It was very controversial. Um, I think something to ask yourself of if you're having too much sex is like, is this still, is this still feeling good for me? A, is this feeling good for my partners? B, is this creating dysfunction in my life? Mm. I think that's the biggest thing to ask yourself because- everything in life in moderation, in balance. Right. Hopefully we're able to experience. A like, awesome are you about fun. to like, are you about to lose your job? Cause you're fucking yeah.
0: Yeah. Are you like, are you, are, like, are you going to lose your job? Because you would rather be fucking right. And
1: <laughs> probably need to re-evaluate. It's just like, if you're gambling yeah. or doing drugs, if you're going to lose anything because of it, it's probably not good.
2: Yeah. You know, like if you have a penis and if you are masturbating for hours and hours on end and you're like, you know, your skin is getting like burned, then maybe you need to like, give it a, give it a rest for a second. Um, so yeah, I think definitely just checking in with yourself, you know, is again, like I said, about like intentional sex, right? Like maybe it's something spontaneous and you're just like, just, Oh, I just met you and I just want to fuck you. Like go for it. Um, but
0: I, that I right just, there isn't,
2: I just, cause I, when I think about intentional sex, I don't mean to interrupt you, but it feels like
0: something that's very like planned and thought out, but you mean intentional sex, just even in the way that I intentionally know that I'm fucking you just to get, yes just to fuck my brain yes, out. Yeah. That's I don't, as intentional as it needs to be.
2: Yeah. Like, I don't think like personally, I don't think that, casual sex is a negative thing. I think even labeling it as casual means that we have a hierarchy of sex that like that we're qualifying sex in different ways as like good and bad from like a moral standpoint. Mm -hmm. Um, So I do think that you can have intentional, spontaneous, casual sex and that be really fulfilling. Um, I think if you are feeling so out of control in your body and you're feeling so lost and you're not checking in with yourself and then you're like, bloop, how did I end up in this dude's bed? Like, how is this? How am I here right now? Like that? I would be like, okay, let's rewind. Let's talk about how we got here. Like what's going on for you? Like, where do you really want to be at? So I think, yeah, like if you're, I mean, non COVID out at a bar. And like, you see someone and you're like, Oh my God, that man is so hot. I want to fuck him. And then you go up to him and then you go home and you're back in his bed and you end up getting fucked that night. I still think that's intentional sex. I think you still checked in with yourself. You're like, "Mm -hmm. I need this man on me all over. I my only, I'm so happy we covered my, this. Well, my
0: only thing with that though is I I can agree with that, but it just becomes complicated when there's trauma involved, right? Because like mm-hmm. you could reason intentional sex all day long. You could say, I'm intentionally fucking all these people. And like I guess, I guess what you said, and the piece I guess that matters is how do you feel afterwards? Mm-hmm. Like what what is what are you left with after?
2: Yeah. Well, and I think it, with everything we have to ask ourselves, like, how is this serving us? Right. And you might very well be able to have intentional sex and say, I'm doing this because I'm lonely right now. That is intentional. And I hope that you're able to even just identify that within yourself to then maybe afterwards be like, I want to do that because I was lonely. How do I feel now? Do I feel better? Do I feel worse? Okay do I want to switch up my intention? Did that mm. intention not actually feel overall to be the best thing for me emotionally, physically, spiritually, Um do I need to switch this up? Do I need to communicate differently? Do I need to seek different things in a partner? Um, I think these are all questions we should be asking ourselves both before, during, and after any kind of intimate partner experience, especially if there is previous trauma there, that you get into some kind of therapy with a certified sex therapist, um, not just any therapist. And if you do just want to talk about sex with any old therapist, please ask about what training that they have had related to sexual health, because most therapists, even ones that are like marriage and family therapists have maybe, maybe max two courses on human sexuality throughout their entire education. And unfortunately a lot of therapists end up perpetuating these negative stereotypes, um, on people around sex that are based in patriarchy and, um, you know, can end up doing some serious harm, unfortunately. And, and same with, you know, uh, frameworks of, of monogamy, right. That could end up inadvertently slut shaming you within your own fucking therapy session. So I think it's super, super important that if folks do want to go to therapy to talk specifically about, uh, you know, their own sexual liberation or sexual trauma, that they find someone who is like specific, To sex Mm. therapy that makes sense and have training. Mm
0: -hmm. That's that's really great advice because I think sometimes therapy can feel like it's just this overarching like thing and that it's it can be very general and but 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 when you're trying to tackle specific things, yeah, it takes a special you know skill set and education. I feel like Mm -hmm. for sure.
2: Yeah. Um, well, and even for like, for the question of like, you know, how do I not hoe up after a breakup? Like a therapist that doesn't have a sex positive lens might see that as like a, path- as a pathology might see that as like, hmm, you might be borderline, you might have borderline personality disorder. Mm. Hmm, okay, let's see, how are you using your sexuality? Like, they could pathologize it. So making sure someone is coming from a sex positive lens of like, you know, oh, okay, well, how did that actually feel for you?
0: Yeah. And it's important to know, to research your therapist and, and really ask the questions. Yeah.
2: Cause some, I mean, I, I'm probably going to be more sexual
1: than somebody else. There's different, we all have different aspects of ourselves and there's no need for me to like beat myself up about parts that are clearly parts of me, you know, because just because Cindy in the firm mm-hmm. said, you know, she feels she's fucked five people her whole life and I'm out there, you know, that's, yeah. that, that makes sense.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I have one last question because I don't want to keep you forever because mm-hmm. I feel like I can talk to you forever. I feel like we should, ha- we, we need to hang out. I know. I know. Could, like, okay. Can you come <laughs> to LA? Can Let's hang LA? Like really, like I'm like really enjoying our so conversation. We have, so we have more
1: cancer vibes together. I'm yes. a Scorpio by the way. So oh, we're water
0: signs, you know, we're watery <laughs> over here. Love uh, it. Love it. Okay. So this is the last question. Um, why can I make myself come, but have a hard time with my partner? Yeah. I feel like I hear this a lot. Yep. Um, and I'm, yeah, I'm curious because I don't have the answers to that either. I noticed that, like, for me, sexually, like, there's definitely I've had some amazing sex with people, and like, I'm a squirter, and like, some guys can make me squirt like crazy, and the yep. sex is like okay. And then like other guys that are really pleasing me totally to the max,
1: I don't. It's not the same. And I'm like, mm-hmm. how? Yeah. So it's I'm I'm not in I'm not that in tune with like my orgasms. I need to be. I don't. I I can have sex and not necessarily always orgasm. And I need to, something needs to happen here, but yeah. it's not like it's not enjoyable. Like the journey is not enjoyable, but just like, um, mm-hmm. it's, it's not, you're right. Sometimes you could have great sex and it's not necessarily like you're coming in a certain way. Like you thought you would.
0: So mm-hmm. yeah, that is. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Why can I make myself come, but have a hard time with my partner?
2: Yeah. So first I think one of the things I like to encourage folks on is to remove Coming or orgasm as a goal going into any kind of sexual experience, whether that's solo or partnered. Um, if we can transition ourselves to more of a pleasure focused experience, we relieve a lot of pressure that we put on ourselves and on our partners during that experience. Um, so a lot of what ends up happening for folks is like spectating. Where we're, like, paying attention to, like, oh, like, I haven't came yet. Oh, I haven't came yet. Oh, mm. why am I not coming right now? Oh, fuck, I'm not coming right now. Oh, they probably don't think I'm enjoying this. God damn it. I wanted to come now. Okay, ah. And oh, like, he came. It, we're done. Shit. Fuck. I missed an opportunity. <laughs> now what happened? Fuck. Yeah, it's it's um, it's um easy to get, like, caught up in your head when you're in partnered sex, especially, especially if this is not someone that you actually feel comfortable with. Um, I think there are like two different ways sometimes that this like presents itself for folks. Um, On one hand, I think having someone that you have a deep sense of emotional safety with, Can really help you to let go of a lot of that pressure and embarrassment and shame that we might feel insecure of when we go into partnered sex, to where you know that this is a judgment free space, that your partner just cares about your pleasure, that there's uh, a focus on your pleasure, even in partnered sex, right? And then, and that allows you to kind of be more present, be in your body, feel your body, allow yourself to even orgasm or come. And for other folks, it might feel like, you know what? I don't want to be anywhere remotely emotionally attached to this person. I want them to be, you know, a blank slate. And I can just completely let go here and not care at all. And in that space, allow my body to just do whatever the fuck it wants because I don't give a fuck about what's going to happen after this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's like kind of two different ways sometimes that folks go. Um, and, and I mean, I think, I think that that can change up within the same person at different times in your life when you have different needs and wants. Um, but I think most of the time in that I would definitely encourage someone to like get focused in their body, communicate with your partner, is your partner pleasuring you and partnered sex the same way that you pleasure yourself in your solo sex. Mm-hmm. If you have a vulva and a vagina and in your solo sex, you are, I, I, I call it like DJing up the clit. You're just like wiggle wiggle wah. Um, <laughs> so, if you are like, if you're someone, a
1: DJ.
2: yeah, if you are DJing yourself and that's how you come in your soloed sex, in your partnered sex, are you touching your clit? Is your partner touching your clit? If not, then maybe try that. Try communicating to your partner, asking for your needs, um, communicating what your needs are. And there's so many ways to go about that. I think people will get like, Nervous about communicating that. And I always say to like do it in like a positive reinforcement way of like, I love when you rub my clit. Mm-hmm. Not like a, you never rub my clit. Like I need you to rub my clit, <laughs> but like yeah. oh, I love when you do that. That feels really good. Like a lot of us don't actually communicate during our partnered sex. And therefore, a lot of our needs and desires and pleasure isn't being met because our partner's not a mind reader and they don't know what the fuck is going on unless we tell them verbally or non-verbally and even non-verbally sometimes they don't know how to pay attention to that kind of shit um does that answer that question (laughs) i'm like
0: no 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 no. i think that's i think that's a great answer i think that for sure i think safety is a big one i think feeling safe and feeling and like that can happen with i mean like even if you're in a relationship with someone for 10 years and maybe like you've had a great sex and then like something shifts or something goes wrong in your relationship that can even change that's yeah. that can change how you feel Absolutely. and safety and how your body reacts I know I know for me in my long-term relationship like I it's like I was like was the sex good? Like, I remember us having like really great sex. And then at some point it was like a disconnect and it shifted. And I was like, is this the same person? Are we the same Mm -hmm. people? How did the Mm -hmm. sex just go from great to like, I could do without it. I mean, obviously like pregnancy, all these things happened that like made me feel really like unsexy and there were a lot of things, but like really like looking back on it, it was the safety aspect for me, Mm -hmm. the security. Sometimes your body will tell you when the
1: relationship is over. Mm -hmm.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. I find, I mean, even in the relationship that I'm in right now is hands down the best sex I've ever had in my entire life. What, I became came so much. She makes me work everywhere. And I'm like, what is <laughs> happening in my body? <laughs> um, and I trust, and I forget what podcast episode this was. I want to say it was like four episodes ago that I recorded this. And it was like, I trusted in, in my partnered sex now I trust my partner to walk me to a level and experience of pleasure that I didn't believe in myself to walk past. Like I would kind of hold myself in and I have such trust and love and respect and safety in this relationship that like, if he's DJing up my clit and he says, keep your legs open, I trust. I'm like, yep, I'm keeping them open for you. And then I'm fucking squirting and gushing everywhere. I'm like, that's never happened before. People have asked me to hold my legs open before. And I said, mm-mm, I want them closed. I'm closing them right now. Don't tell me what to do. Mm-mm, it's too much. And with him, I'm like, Okay. <laughs> sure. I am like I don't know I don't know what's gonna happen and I'm like, oh, like, I might fart I don't know <laughs> there might be some poop coming out I don't know to happen I'm scared but I'm like I trust you and I believe that you want to pleasure me and that feels really safe and really enjoyable and that like that for me gives me such a different experience and this can happen in casual sex too there's a guy here in Seattle he's like 20 years older than me and um he's fan, he's like been my favorite casual sex partner I've ever had. And we knew very little about each other. It's not like we talked, it's not like we got on dates. And there's just this sense of trust and safety between us that I'm like, when he wraps his arm around me and like starts making out of me, I'm just like, I surrender. I am here, I am in this experience. There is no goal of what's gonna happen. We might not even have penetrative sex, but we are gonna explore, we're gonna be curious, we're gonna play and we're gonna experience a bunch of pleasure. Now and, uh, I'm horny. Uh, I,
1: I me too. <laughs> I, I'm I'm always horny. Um, I'm like God. I'm horny now. I, I'm I'm really happy that you said that last part because I've I've um I know we're wrapping up. I've said I've I've had conversations with a lot of um I guess less sexually positive friends just in my life. You know I've yeah. I've had a lot of um casual sex friends mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and had them for like years. And when yeah. I tell people that, it's just like oh something nice to be wrong with you, or you know. And the truth is, in a lot of those relationships, I felt really safe and, and really respected and really loved in like Mm -hmm. a not very super deep, deep way. And sometimes in a very deep way. And like, um, I'm happy I'm becoming older and more like in my skin and in who I am, because I can have a very casual, but very loving and very fulfilling interaction with someone, you Mm -hmm. know? And like, um, and I, I just appreciate women like me who can, who can remind me that it's, it's normal. It's okay. Like it's yeah. not for everybody, but it does exist. And it's just, it's really is about feeling someone you feel feeling like you trust someone and feeling safe and feeling like we have the same like goals in mind. And also why do we, as women think like every person we sleep with, we got to have, like, we have to have an end goal. Like, are you going to be my husband? I, who knows. Yeah. Let's just be present in what's happening right now. Like let's go on how we're feeling, whatever the attraction is right now and like and that that's cool too. There's yeah. no there's no need for us to be like having a two week fucking goal of, you know, getting to the next level because this level's mm-hmm. fine.
2: Yeah. 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 Well, again, I mean, that's all within our patriarchal system that we're going to be reaching these different steps and that we're going to be fulfilling our, you know, uh sorry, that was my mom calling, mm-hmm. um, that they were going to be like reaching and fulfilling all of these steps of a monogamous heterosexual relationship. And that's really not the reality for most folks. And it puts so much pressure on our relationships. And I do think, you know, like it might not work for other people and that's okay, but that doesn't mean that it's wrong for you if it feels good for you and for your partners, um, that, that's totally okay for that to exist for both of those to exist and both of those to be okay. And, you know, right for each individual. Um, I had something else I was going to say that was really important and I'm forgetting what it was now, but <laughs> everything you said was really important. It was. I feel like, I feel like I've
0: gotten a wealth of knowledge and perspective and I'm so glad that we did this. I'm so glad you came on the pod mm-hmm. Um,
2: same. Same and same.
0: Same. thank you for having us on your podcast you guys You guys make sure you go check out um, us on Taylor's podcast Let's talk about it Taylor can you tell our guests like where they can find you For more of this smart information I'm going to start calling you for advice It's me I have questions <laughs> I
2: feel like it's you should have like get again. togethers now though Because yeah. I am and I'm like yeah, my best <laughs> um, yeah so the best place for folks to keep up with me Is on Instagram at Taymoka. And I just always have to say this disclaimer, especially now, uh, I'm Taymoka because I'm a crazy cat lady, not because I'm brown. <laughs> Wait, People what is, always- is mocha? Oh, is Mocha a type of cat or so Mocha Joe was my first cat and I had her for like 18 years. And god. I grew up as an only child, so I was like, She's my sister, and I like combined her names. Oh my god, it. this
1: might be where our friendship ends. Oh not the cat lady. Uh-uh. I hate cats. You know what? I don't know about this anymore. I
2: channeled all my nurturing cancer energy into her. But you know what? I have I feel like I have I'm very
1: feline, so I don't like cats. It's probably because I'm I'm half cat woman. You know what? No, someone said that to me too that I'm very feline they're surprised I don't like cats Uh, but that's probably why
2: because we have probably a lot of feline energy and there's two we can't have too many cats around (laughs) see (laughs) I don't know I feel like I literally have the personality of a cat I'm like I want a lot of attention but only when I fucking want it leave me alone like if you don't give it to me when I want it I'm gonna be really irritated Um, (laughs) that's true but but yeah everyone always thinks like my tay mocha on Instagram is because I'm brown like oh yeah like because mocha and I'm like "Mm, no the fuck uh, I'm like, I named my cat Mocha cause it was like, well, I'm not cat. that basic. Okay. Right. Yeah, exactly. It was like named after the drink at Starbucks. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Tay Mocha is the best place, um, on Instagram to find me in my, uh, bio there. I have the link for the podcast. Let's talk about it, which has its own Instagram at let's talk about it underscore podcast. I also have a ton of other links in there for like affiliate things for discounts on vibrators and Ooh, all kinds of stuff. Cause these things are investments and I understand that. And I like want to help support people however I can. Um, <laughs> and then I also do have a Patreon as well, oh, um, which is Tameoka as well. So we should do some Patreon. Yeah. We should do a Patreon collab. Yeah. Let's that'd be fun. It. I feel yeah, like I'm like just figuring out how
0: to even work Patreon. So <laughs> we have, we have a, we have a segment on Patreon called good friends after dark. And oh. Sexy over there.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we
0: wear lingerie. <laughs> we get dressed so up in lingerie, mm-hmm. and do a little in- another we'll Zoom, hang bring out, some wine some wine. You know, we'll bring the wine. I mean, I like to dress up. <laughs> okay, yes. okay. We'll schedule it. We'll put it on the calendar. um You guys know where to find us. We're Good Moms Bad Choices on all podcast platforms. Make sure you scroll down to the bottom, right the fuck now, if you're on Apple, and leave us a five star rating and review. We. Our, our our
1: ratings and reviews are not matching are not matching our listens okay and we fucking bare our souls every week tell all of our honest secret yeah. deep honest truths that's the least you could do is just scroll down to the bottom and leave us a little just a little nice no And the five star rating It five would be star. greatly
0: appreciated
1: Five specifically
0: mm-hmm. um, And we also have a Patreon You guys Our tribe over there Is growing And I'm so grateful For you guys You know we share A lot of other Personal things there We have our own little segments We, we have should probably put A little, little clip at the end Of this we have, actually Oh yeah We'll put a clip At the end of this episode um, And one of our Secret Patreon episodes But it's like a, like a little community And family over there I really fucking love it You guys are really supportive um, And I love y'all So make sure you check us out That's Patreon dot com backslash good moms bad choices um Taylor thank you so much yeah thank you
1: y'all are and we'll see you guys next week yes we'll see you next week bye bye am I the-, You're China the
0: holder no you are the dick holder okay so this is if you are riding your man and you assert yourself and be more dominant um, on top of already riding him so lay down so get on top like this and, you know typically you would just be doing this whatever oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> but if you want to take it to the next level so that he can't touch you
1: Oh. oh, oh. What you want to be this
2: but i'm always right so i know' how to shoot.